0: Hey,
1: everybody, we're back. Look at that. Two weeks in a row, new jog pod for you to enjoy. This one is going to be a conversation with an old friend from the day back in Oregon. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. We're going to have a lot more good stuff coming up as we move into the latter part of January. So you want to stay tuned for that. As always, please participate in the show. And you can do that by following us on Podbean, uh, commenting, subscribing to the podcast, and letting us know what you like, what you don't like. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at jogpod, and send emails to the show jogpod at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get this party started. All right, everybody. My guest today is someone that I've known, God, is it like 30-some years, probably, and yeah, before we that. went to grade school together, middle school together, high school together, and thanks to the wonderful world of technology, we continue to stay connected, even though we probably haven't seen each other in person in 20 years. Yeah. But uh, he is a state championship winning track coach and the girls varsity basketball coach at Hood River. Is it Hood River Valley High School?
2: That's correct. Yeah.
1: All right. Hood River Valley High School. The one and only Donnie Henderson joins us today. Donnie, how are you, sir?
2: Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, this is my first podcast. Uh, well, so. it's
1: it's good to have <laughs> you. And there's a couple of different things that I wanted to get in and talk about today. Um, but first of all, we, we both recently watched a video that you posted on YouTube about kind of the small town life and what it was like to be in the middle of an environmental situation with spotted owls and and the logging community which was both um all of which was very important in our childhood and it's so crazy to go back and watch stuff like that juxtaposed with all of the craziness that is going on right now
2: it was fun uh i think uh to watch it you know i was watching it more thinking oh hey i know that guy i know that guy or i'd recognize these old places and stuff but to go back and think about it in the context of the political situation uh, and see those people that we knew taking a stand, uh, you know, one side or the other uh, and actually seeing how uh, how much it really affected people's lives. I think, you know, with the political situation today, you know, I mean, how much is, you know, whatever side you're on, how much is it really gonna affect the minutiae of your life? I don't know, but back then, you know, and we were only, what, nine, 10, Years old when that was going on, but that had that had a direct impact on the our lives, uh, lives of people around us, you know, and the lives of pretty much
1: every single person that we knew in some way, in some way or
2: another, either
1: directly or indirectly.
2: Well, and the fun thing is, well, I don't know if it's fun or not, but to go back to Mill City now, which I get the chance to do a couple times a year, you see how big of an impact that had. That stuff from 30 years ago, it has made a huge impact, a very large impact.
1: Yeah, the last couple of times that I've been back and I think I want, I want to say that I've been back 3 times since I don't know, probably in the last 10 years. Oh. And it every time you go back it's like, oh, well, that's not there anymore and that's not there anymore and this is different and it used to be that people and, and I think and this just isn't a mill city or a or a gates or any that sort of thing. It's more of a small town feeling around the country is everyone used to kind of just be contained in their little areas. And then you would go off and Hey, the big trip, we're going to make a big trip to Salem today. (laughs) And now it's, Hey, some of us still live out here, but now we drive into Salem to work or we drive to, you know, wherever.
2: Right. It's It's an everyday thing. Yeah. It's a whole,
1: it's a whole different world. But my, I had my dad on in the first season of this podcast and we talked a lot about mill city, and what it was like growing up there, and, and how and how much living in that small town shaped who he was. How 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 did Mill City shape who you've become?
2: The easiest things I can point to, um, you know, are the friends and the connections you had. Which, uh, you know, you went through kind of our quick history. You forgot one, I believe. Um, I'm pretty sure we were in preschool together too. Were uh, we in preschool? At, have we, have we
1: have we basically known each other since we were born?
2: I think that's <laughs> pro- it. Probably yeah. is true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you say, consider, we probably started preschool at four years old. So, I mean, at least since then, at the minimum, you know, uh, so uh, thirty-two years at least. Now don't give uh, away our
1: ages, sir. <laughs> people are gonna think we're old. I like to I like to con- I like to convey the image of youthfulness.
2: <laughs> yeah, There you go. I like that. So yeah, no, but uh, you know how how mostly it affected us. You know, like I said having those connections um, and being able to go to school with, with virtually the same people. Uh, you know, you were kind of in and out a number of times, but uh, you know, the rest of us, you know, we were there. You know, all the way through. You know, and and a number of my friends, you know, or our friends, we I ended up all the way through college with them. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that connection was a big deal. In, in addition to that, I think the, um, the, I don't know, I can go back and forth with this, but, uh, I want to say the opportunities we got in a small community, um, when I, I think of the, the sports dominates my life, you know, it's kind of like yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a lot, a lot of my job right now. Um, and the athletic opportunities that I got in a small school, being able to be a three sport athlete, um you know, are huge compared to where I'm at now, um, which is in a, a school that is the size of our hometown. You know, the opportunities are there and there's a lot uh, wider variety of opportunities, but it's super hard to, to be good enough to make, you know, like varsity sport, uh, to be a varsity athlete in this town. You got to put a lot of time in. Uh, and so like you don't get the opportunity to be as much of a like a three sport athlete, whereas in Mill City it was almost expected.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there just wasn't enough people to fill out the teams if everyone That's didn't true. come out.
2: Very true. Yeah. So, so and, yeah. So I want to
1: get back to Mill City in, in just a second, but but you brought up an interesting and part of uh, in Hood River. Uh, are you seeing a lot more kids that are single sport focused now?
2: Totally. that They absolutely. spend
1: the entire year just focusing on. Basketball or baseball or football?
2: Totally, absolutely, yeah. I'd say, and uh, I'd say for Hood River, you know, I'm I'm probably a bit more focused on the girl side now, especially with basketball. Um, but uh, our girls' um, softball, volleyball, I'd say those are the two that dominate everything else here. Um, basketball is a way forgotten sport here. Um, you know, track we've actually been really good the last number of years um we placed uh fourth i think three years straight something like that um fourth in the state as a team um and had a number of state champions but as far as uh like kids, a lot of girls will spend all year long you know, playing softball and volleyball and actually lacrosse is, is picking up some speed too where a lot of kids are bailing out on tra- traditional sports for for lacrosse and it's like i said tournaments every weekend um, you know, and all summer long and then they're in the season as well. So while they're trying to do another sport in a lot of cases. Do you
1: do yeah. you think that, that is beneficial to their high school sports careers, or, or do you think they would benefit from taking a break to do some other thing? Like, you know, hey, let's play this for X number of months and then transition to this or
2: There's all the scientific research says that specialization is a bad idea. Right. You know, I, I've, I've never seen an article saying that it was scientifically based saying specialization is a good idea. The problem is you got all these kids, um, who are still in developmental stages, uh, you know, physically developing physically or bodies maturing and they're, they're doing the same repetitive motions over and over and over again. And it just wears them down and they don't take that break. Um, for example, um, I've had, I had a girl last year um, who was throwing the shot put for us. Um, great athlete, uh, all around athlete, was uh, an awesome high jumper for us, um, but and uh, hurdler for us. She placed in, I think she was third place in the high jump and seventh in the hurdles as a freshman uh, in high school. And she's probably six feet tall as well, um, but also is a super stud volleyball player. Um, and she spends all year long playing volleyball. Um, and so she was also throwing the shot put for us and probably could have placed in the shot put, but the repetitive motion of, uh, volleyball, uh, you know, spiking the ball and all, serving the ball, everything. And then combining that with the shot put, it was just too much for her. And we had to pull her back, uh, and say, cause she wasn't going to stop doing volleyball. So it was all right. N- no more shot put for you. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you, her elbow was killing her. Um, so, but it was, it was the same kind of motion. Um, and so when you're not getting that rest, rest is Something that you know, a a lot of kids are like, "No, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta work harder." But rest is huge, and we we try and push rest as much as possible, especially when I was coaching track, basketball, not so much, but in 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 track and field, rest, 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 um, and so that you're ready for the end of the season.
1: So rest is absolutely imperative. And do you do you see it as as my dog chimes in? um, Do you do you see is it the kids pushing themselves because they have whatever athletic dreams or aspirations or whatever they want to do, are they getting pushed by parents or is it just a combination or?
2: I would say it's a combination. Um, you know, like, I, I, it probably depends on the family uh, more than anything else. Um, I've seen both sides. Uh, I'll say it that way. Um, the ones that become a problem, uh, I would say, are maybe and i, I mean, can't say definitively um but i would say there's a lot of parental push um the the ones and by problem i mean kids dealing with injuries um but you know the the how do you want to say this the there's no argument with success um but the, is it's at what what cost you know and, yeah. and how much the and, price. And,
1: and the problem is so many kids are not I mean, they they haven't grown, not only are you talking about growing physically, but they're still at a point where they're growing mentally, and they're maybe not self-aware of, hey, I should probably slow down a little bit, I need to take a break, or uh, they don't want to be seen as a quitter because they are sore, but uh, invariably, a soreness, if it's not taken care of, is going to turn into an injury, and they don't have the experience to say, hey, I need to stop.
2: Totally. Um, And as a coach, I mean, so I've had this a number of times um, where I have told kids, you know, what I don't want you out here anymore uh, because you're wearing yourself down. You're running yourself down to the ground. You're getting sick uh, and it's bad. And it's not just um, specialization within sports. You know, we've got uh, I've had kids and typically this is a a problem with girls um, where, you know, the girl is, She's trying to do my sport, so let's say track and field, but also playing club soccer and also in three different dance companies and also taking three or four AP classes and trying to get into college. and It's just so much stuff that just just brings them down. I think kids, at least um, my experience here in Hood River, the kids are under way more pressure uh, and it's much more intense than it was in Mill City for us growing up. Um, as far as, like, you know, pressure on future and, and, and trying to do so much stuff, um, you know, we, we didn't have that issue. Uh, but, Donnie, so, uh, Donnie yeah. I
1: thought millennials were lazy. <laughs> aren't, aren't they all just focused on their text messaging and their Instagrams and not really doing anything of value, like participating <laughs> that, in extra activities?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I've seen that a lot The uh, lately. Uh, all the stuff, you know, like the NBA thing with uh, changing the time schedules of NBA games for millennials. I was like, are you kidding? That's the dumbest thing, you know. I'm not a millennial. We are not millennials. Um, I think speak we just for make, uh, speak for by yourself. Speak for a year or two. I'm a millennial, sir. <laughs> is that men- mentally or is that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> mentally, so, mentally,
1: uh, mentally, I'm still a child.
2: Yeah, you know, well, I, but I look at that stuff and go, wow. You know, it's not a millennial problem. The games are too long. You know, we were just at the Blazers game the other night, and then there was a timeout. It seemed like every two minutes. So, yeah, you and,
1: can't, and twenty second timeouts are somehow two minutes long. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, You're they got to completely. The things that you fix. It's not they don't just go out and sit on the bench anymore, right? You know, they bring the bench out onto the court, right? Yeah, you know, all the stools and everything. It's like, okay, come on, let's go. You know, and they, you
1: know the first yeah. time I ever saw that was at a West Albany High School basketball game when I was in like the third grade.
2: Really? They, I brought, never out, they brought out
1: stools onto the court, and I was like, "What the?" Like I asked, yeah. my, I asked my dad, I was like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> why, yeah. why don't they just walk the extra seven <laughs> feet to the bench?
2: <laughs> I agree. Yeah. We wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know. So no, but I mean, even, um, well, we didn't have you know,
1: chairs. We actually had bleachers to sit on.
2: That's true. And, but see, the thing is actually, uh, even M now is, has chairs. Um, uh, they have shifted that around. So actually they've actually redone the gym since, uh, we well, all
1: I, all I can say is I'm glad I'm not the manager for that group because I'm not folding all of the warm-ups and packing chairs around. That's <laughs> way too much work. I'm there, I'm there to enjoy the basketball game and do as little work as possible.
2: Right, I get that, yeah. No, I had the, we had the same issue. Um, we went to a Civil War game, a, duck, uh, B, a football game, uh, a couple years ago, two years ago, um, and it was the same deal. Like he couldn't even get into the flow of the game because there were so many stoppages of play um for timeouts tv timeouts halftime quarters you know it was just like uh it was just constant stopping you know um whereas if you're at home watching the game that's still happening but you run to the bathroom you're going to the fridge whatever you know you're distracted but when you're just sitting there at the game it's like all right let's get this going
1: <laughs> now that was that your first experience uh in a suite at the blazer game
2: that's correct yeah uh my uh, actually my neighbor from minnesota we were talking about earlier he uh had he he's well connected in wells fargo let's put it that way um and so he uh had access to that and he uh, was like hey you guys want to go and i was like sure even with all the bad weather that was the only uh probably bad thing uh was the roads trying to get into portland but um the the suite itself getting up there and you know great comfy seats uh pretty good view still um it was nice it was very cool it felt uh as uh, my wife and i were walking through the halls i was like are we supposed to be here? <laughs> yeah, that's always
1: the that's always the weirdest feeling, and I've I've had the opportunity to to sit in a few suites a, a few different times, and it's always that feeling of yeah I'm I'm I don't feel like I'm supposed to be up here. Like, <laughs> right, at like... some at some point, someone's going to come around the corner and be like, "Yeah, we know you have a ticket, but no, no, you're going to go ahead and go back with like the normies."
2: Right? <laughs> no, yeah, we did the same problem. You know, it was like every time we walked by somebody, I felt like they were looking at me like you are yeah low class person get out of here you know whatever so yeah, we, no, don't, it was, we don't
1: we don't allow your kind up here <laughs> yeah
2: that was and i'm sure you know there's a lot of people that that have that feeling or you know they those people probably didn't give you know a second thought about us
1: yeah they you know, they don't actually <laughs> notice us we're worried about them <laughs> noticing us but they don't actually ever notice us
2: right exactly yeah so no it was very cool though it was a good experience uh I'm not sure how that will ever happen again in my life, but at some point, you know, I'd never know.
1: And <laughs> hey, can you get me your neighbor's uh, f- uh, phone number? Because not not for not for that reason, but if he's well-connected at Fargo's, I got some student loans that I could use uh, some work <laughs> on. If he could help me out with that, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it.
2: Um, That's with uh, with all the Wells Fargo stuff lately. I was like, are you sure they still have a, 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 a suite <laughs> you, up here? Are they going to be able to <laughs> – yeah. well, they probably paid for it in advance. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> N- next year, next year they might not have it. Right. <laughs> So we, to go back to, to, to Mill City, mm-hmm. what? Well, I, I don't think I knew this about. What made you want to become a teacher?
2: Oh, uh, I didn't. You didn't? Okay. <laughs> I did. I had no intention of becoming a teacher ever. Because that
1: was- that wasn't something that I remember. You know, and, and all of our long discussions about the future of our of our lives that we had together, <laughs> I, I didn't remember that coming up.
2: No, that was, uh, and I mean, still like I'm sitting in my classroom right now. Right. Um, but, uh, no, it was, you know, the twists and turns of life and how you end up somewhere. Um, you know, I, so while I was competing, so way back in the day, well, you know, back in the middle City days, I, uh, I believe I had the intention of going to law school. Um, and then, you know, ended up, uh, my journey, I guess you'd say it that way, uh, One day, we were uh, in math, college algebra, I believe, senior year, um, and our our good buddy, Chris Walker, said something to me about, uh, hey, did you apply for that scholarship at Western Oregon University? Uh, And I was like, no, you know, I didn't. And he's like, you dummy, why not? So uh, it was due like the next day. I got it done, sent it in. I got a scholarship to Western Oregon. Um, Went there and was uh, fortunate enough to be able to walk onto the track team. Spent four years doing track and field there, uh, and then I was a GA after that, uh, working in track and field uh, meat management, setting up home meat and such. And then uh, while I was doing that, I was still working out and everything, but the uh, head coach is like, hey, uh, they called me, uh, Crescent Valley High School just called me and said they need a sprint coach. Are you interested in all it pays? And I was a poor college kid, so I was like, huh, hell yeah, I'll, I'll take money and I'll go down and do the same thing I'm doing there at Western and get paid more money for it. So went down and uh, and was coaching the sprints um, and the uh, sprints and the relays and then I had one of my athletes uh, wasn't the awesome, I had some really good athletes while I was there um, but I had another athlete uh, this girl Hannah who like I said wasn't the best athlete but she asked me hey can you help me with the hurdles and I was like oh I'll, I don't really know much about the hurdles but sure I'll well let's let's go work on them and um, through working with her, uh, you know, had some of those, uh, those breakthrough moments, uh, where you see the light bulb kind of go off. She starts to get it. And all of a sudden has a huge PR in a race. And it was like, Hey, that was cool. You know, how do I keep doing this? And so really I got into coaching. That's a big thing. I got into coaching. And then, um, after really about two years, um, cause I was doing some odd jobs. I was working for, A photography company. I was working for a credit union as a a bank teller, basically Um, those kind of things, and then and coaching at the same time. And then I said, "All right, I need a direction. I need to go do something. How do I keep doing this coaching thing? Because that was cool. And the only way to do coaching and do it right was to go back and get my teaching degree. Uh, So it it kind of all worked out.
1: That's yeah, and and you see that a lot. It's it's if you're gonna if you really want to get in and be a coach, you're almost always gonna have to go the teacher route because they're they're not going to pay you enough to just be a coach. No, so not in
2: Oregon at least. I don't know about Texas. You tell me. <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm not real. I'm of the age where it's awkward to be connected into the high schools if you don't have a kid. So right. I don't really know that much about uh, how the high schools situation works around here. Um, yeah. but I'm guessing that there are at least a few uh, football coaches around here that uh, that aren't uh, well that aren't paid. doing the teacher thing. Yeah. So so yeah. If if any of and, and I'll link this, uh, I'll repost this article on my Facebook page for people that want to know about it, but if you really mm-hmm. want to know a lot more about Donnie, Hood River News basically wrote up your bio in this article that they wrote about you when you were announced as the uh, the, oh, yeah. head, uh, the head coach of the uh, women's basketball team, so uh, we'll, we'll link that up and, and they can read all about you. I mean, this is this is a yep. nice little profile they wrote about you in here
2: yeah Ben did a a pretty good job with that one um he uh he likes he's uh n- not as big with me. he's learned not necessarily to try and do an audio interview or try and get a hold of me, but uh, if he emails me uh I, you know I'll write an essay back to him <laughs> so, he, so he gets you're a lot of so
1: you're basically going to do the work for him that's kind of the way so it goes he, so he'll <laughs> he can basically just copy and paste it and call it a day.
2: <laughs> he I, I won't say he always does that, but he he does a good job of editing my emails. let's say it that way. Oh, that works. (laughs)
1: Having having been in the uh, the media for the short amount of time that I was, I can tell you, anytime you can get someone else to do as much of the work as possible, it's always going to make things better.
2: Yeah, I like the email side though, or the email style of interview, because then i can I can write down what I want to say read it again look at it one more time delete what i want to say i, I don't want to say that because that could be taken a different way uh and then send it off man. all right i'm happy with this
1: <laughs> yeah and and that's that's something you definitely want to be careful of anyway especially if someone especially now where everything you ever say is saved for eternity
2: that's totally true yeah. like this <laughs>
1: podcast will probably be so make sure <laughs> that you watch what you say we, yeah and we had yeah. that discussion already when we we've we've texted back and forth a couple of times hey what should we talk about what do we want to um yeah we have we we all have a lot of mill city stories that we could talk about but are they stories that we want to commit to uh <laughs> forever life on the internet maybe not so much
2: right i'm sure there's a number of our friends that will uh love to chime in on facebook and say why didn't you talk about this one why did you talk about that one <laughs>
1: do you want us to name names people i don't think that you do
2: Right, because they'll and, get brought up in those same stories. You're probably yeah.
1: much more connected into that than I was.
2: So, and to to connected as in
1: well, I mean, you you were much more into the cool group of people than I was. Ah, oh, there was no was there such a thing in Mill City? Dude, I don't it, know. come on. <laughs> it
2: probably was,
1: you, but there of, was, course, e- of course, of course, you don't know because you were deep in the middle of it.
2: Right, fair enough. Yeah, you're blind to it. whereas, whereas
1: I was more on the periphery of multiple groups <laughs> because I'm a man of the people.
2: That i felt I always felt like I had uh, those connections to multiple groups you know um but the fact is in mill city you know there wasn't that many different groups i mean you can pretty much you know it was just pretty much where you sat for lunch, you know like what hall you sat in you know otherwise yeah you know.
1: absolutely and it, <laughs> i mean it's every everywhere you're gonna go is clickish it's just depends on the size of the clicks you know it's right in mill city it was seven or eight people versus twenty or thirty.
2: Right, you know. And I can definitely, uh you know, looking back, point to the moments in my life that changed which clique I was in, which group I was in. You know, there's that moment when um like uh when I got contacts. You know, you remember me when I was a little kid. I was that geeky kid with the plastic glasses that were super glued and taped up. Uh and you know, and in changed, the glasses and that changed, changed with the sun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. You know, yeah, that was me, you know, and so when I shed those things, there was a huge change. Um, just, I mean, just in me, my, uh, probably my confidence, uh, who I was hanging out with, that kind of stuff. That was a big moment uh, when I got my license, obviously, you know, that, I think that changes every kid, you know, but, uh, you know, that changed the group I was hanging out with. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if it's always for the better, but that, uh, you know, those kind of moments, though, where you're like, oh, yeah, that you know, was, you know, that that's where my path forked in the woods, and I went the other direction.
1: <laughs> there was a lot of forking in the woods going on <laughs> when we were kids, too, so...
2: Especially in Mill City, right? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and the one thing that I wanted to try to find a way to bring up naturally, but since you talked about glasses, you were the first person I ever knew in real life to wear Rex Specs.
2: Really? I don't know. I mean, that was... Uh, I, in my in parents, real life? My parents had them, too, so it was like a normal thing for me. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody. Yeah, my whole family had them. <laughs> Uh, oh, gosh, I hate to admit that now. But yeah, my whole family had those, uh, those glasses that changed with the, when you went inside and went outside. No, 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 no.
1: The specs, the thing, the goggle things for oh, basketball. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, those were awesome. I love those things. So, um, but they didn't help. I don't know. They, you know, they, yeah, they didn't. It didn't
1: make you play like James Worthy, that's for no, sure.
2: No, you know, but that's what everybody thinks. You know, they're like, you totally associate those with James Worthy. Yes. And no, that didn't make me into the uh, the rebound monster that uh, James Worthy was. Also, so,
1: also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
2: That's true. Yeah. So, well, now they've got some cooler ones, right? I could have gotten the face shield, maybe that had like the
1: face shield or the ones that yeah. that Amari Stoudemire that wore that looked like the Oakleys. Yeah.
2: I don't know if those are uh, prescription-based or not, but they probably have them that way. I would think (laughs) so.
1: I always always found that no matter how many uh, sweatbands or mouth guards I wore, I just never was any good. I figured that was what I was missing in my game, so I would just continue to add those parts. But somehow, I just, you know.
2: It's way worse now because now we've got, like, the shooting sleeve. And the guys, like, seriously, like, our boy is here. There's more guys wearing long tights underneath their shorts than on our girls team. Um, like our girls, nobody wears tights underneath, but the boys like all have them. Like those three-quarter-length tights, you know. It's like, what's the deal? You know, like It's fashion. Basketball fashion has changed a lot, just like everything else. I'm well, sure, you got
1: to you got to make sure you're keeping up your circulation, you're right? It <laughs> well, it's going to help you in your recovery. We talked about how how important rest is, sir. You got to make sure that you're doing everything you can.
2: Right. But remember when we called them spandex, you know, now it's you know, compression. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, it's just a different name, you know, it's no longer um you know uh polyester, it's dry fit. You know, it's the same stuff though. Right. <laughs> it hasn't changed. So, <laughs> so when
1: when we when you think about getting ready for a basketball game at Mill City on Am, <laughs> what's the one thing that you think about when you look back and you go Hair. We're all in the locker room, exactly. Activator, activator exactly. gel. <laughs> yes, that activator gel. How yep. many? How many tubs of that activator do you suppose we bought from? Uh, oh God! From the Those hair. Were... What, what well, was the? What was Dare Benton's mom's hair salon called? Uh, hair connections. The hair, hair connection. Hair connection. Yeah. How Is that many? where you got yours? I of always course. got it from somebody
2: else. Oh, I never I always got it from somebody else. Yeah. Oh no,
1: no, no. <laughs> I, I bought giant tubs of that stuff.
2: <laughs> the Costco event brand version of it? <laughs> yes.
1: Absolutely. And so, everyone the tub would sit up on top of the uh the yep, paper towel thing, yeah. right where the mirror was. Yeah. And there was so much activator gel <laughs> that would go out of that locker room before every game.
2: Oh yeah. And every single person. Yeah. Every single person had that just wet look. You know, so, and we were in full uniforms, I remember that, like or full warm ups, uh, which we don't really do anymore now. it's just like shooting shirt, and that's it, so
1: yeah, I folded yeah. those things more times than I cared to count, I believe it, <laughs> and there was always a fight with who got what size because inevitably well, right. inevitably, everyone wants to be like Chris Weber and the Fab five, and they want the baggy basketball shorts right and there's some guys that needed the extra large and then there's some guys that wanted the extra large. I'm yeah. like, dude, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> if you there's want a, we don't have that many pairs of shorts.
2: You know, I have I, I teach a sports psychology class here at Whatever too. And you know, we talk a lot about um, you know, fake it until you make it. Or, you know, gotta you know, wanting to, to you wanna look good so that it makes you feel good so that it makes you play good. You know, and there's a lot of that mental part of it where You know, you kind of got to look the part. You know, you don't want to go out looking like a chump. You know, because then you're going to feel like a chump, and then you're not going to play well. Yeah, I
1: think Kevin hated me on more than one occasion when I gave him the only only the large pair of shorts instead of the (laughs) extra large.
2: He was, uh, his legs were, you know, I mean, like tree trunks compared to, you know, way bigger than they're probably both of my legs put together. He was a strong kid.
1: He he was a he he (laughs) was definitely a strong kid. When I think back, when I think about freshman year. My one outstanding memory. Did you go to Pendleton? Did you go out to the um, the Weston McEwen game?
2: I don't recall that game. No, I don't know if I went. Oh, the football game. The football game. No, I listened to that one on the radio. I remember that. Yeah, I was. I was. On, I was listening to the radio. On that
1: that, one. that day, for multiple reasons. One, it's because we drove all the way to Weston McEwen in a stupid yellow bus. Yeah,
2: which That's a long way.
1: <laughs> is basically. What is that? Five hours by bus, probably.
2: Oh no, that's at least a six hour. Is it six six and a half hour drive at least? Especially when you go
1: from because you can't just drive in a straight line over there. You got to go to Salem, up to Portland, and around.
2: And through Hood River. Absolutely,
1: (laughs) it always comes back to Hood River, doesn't it? (laughs) We um, it was so cold there, and I was wearing shorts because
2: wasn't it snowing? Oh yeah, yeah Yeah, it snowed.
1: Yeah it snowed. My legs turned purple. (laughs) <laughs> and I finally had to go put pants on. But so the
2: question is, why are we wearing shorts,
1: dude? I wore shorts constantly. That's right. Yeah. How, how often did I not wear shorts in high school? <laughs> we, but Kevin started the comeback of that game. That's right. Because we were down. Was it twenty-one nothing or twenty-eight nothing?
2: Something like that. Yeah. It was,
1: it was twenty-one or twenty-eight nothing, and was right at the end of the first quarter, and they kicked off and. I was standing in a group of people. And I said Kevin's going to return this. And they kicked it off and he returned it and we scored like what, 48 share points.
2: Right. Yeah. And it wasn't even a game after that. Yeah.
1: Nope, and we smoked them and then we played um
2: the mud bowl after that.
1: So the mud bowl?
2: Uh, yeah, versus Oakridge. Uh that was a home game. Um and uh I remember that one um the I don't the score I don't think it was that close. Um, I do remember it mostly because I have a buddy here at Hood River that was in that game. Um, and, but uh, yeah, it was super Mud Bowl. It was the same weekend. It was Veterans Day weekend. It was the same weekend as the alumni tournament. I remember that. Um, and then, uh, but it was just it, the the field in Mill City was just a huge mud pit. Uh, I remember the articles, the news articles with uh, I think it was both Tobin Hanson and Dustin Ramirez. Um, Tobin like jump diving over the like oh Tobin had like a like a Heisman pose and then uh, Dustin had uh, there was another picture that had him with just getting up from scoring a touchdown but he had that ball pinned against his helmet uh, but just covered in mud so big mud bowl Um, and then after that I believe was the state championship game versus Sherman County
1: man those Sherman County kids those are a bunch of <laughs> corn fed like there's no way that at least two of those guys weren't twenty years old
2: they were they were large yes. it was like uh, playing
1: it was like playing a college team how big they were I was like <laughs> you and have they ever been good since then
2: uh you know they're not they're not bad they're they're always uh, okay um I've had some friends that have, that have come from there um and they're they're always okay um even um, now we have a a private school here in town also um, that plays Sherman County. Um, and it's always a battle. Um, so they're still, they're still very solid. Uh, I don't know if they've ever won anything, especially like football or basketball. I'm not sure. Uh, I know they've had some really good girls basketball and volleyball teams that have come through. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I yeah. did post something on Facebook about us doing this podcast. And so okay. a couple <laughs> of people have checked in with, uh, with some thoughts. The best one I want to ask about comes from Travis Lyon. And he I wants, see it here. he he wants to know <laughs> if you remember him dunking on you at Mr. Moore's old hoop.
2: Uh, totally. So uh, you remember Mr. Moore, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so they had um, so that was right down our street. Um, so about halfway down the street uh, from my house, and uh, they had a really nice uh, uh, cement court in their backyard um, with a hoop that lowered. You know, and so we
1: adjustable hoops were the greatest thing ever.
2: Oh God, they still are, you know, um, when you can find them. Uh, and so it's like, no, they, uh, we would lower that hoop and we would have just dunk contests all night. They were kicking us out of their backyard, you know, and they, these are two teachers who, whose kids graduated 15, 20 years before and they were, they opened up their backyard and let us play at all hours, you know? Uh, and so it was awesome. We were, we were back there all the time playing, but, uh, do I remember Travis dunking on me specifically? I I'm, I, I can't that say how That sounds
1: fishy I, to me. Yeah. I don't think I believe that.
2: I, well, but Travis was 4 years older than me if I recall. So Is Travis that, that
1: much older than us? Travis
2: uh, he was Travis was he there in 97 grad? No, he was a 96 grad at least, but maybe a 95.
1: Let's take a look and see if he's posted it on Facebook.
2: '95 would have been our freshman year if I recall, but he might have been he's probably the same age as Dustin Ramirez. So Travis is probably a '96 guy, so he's two years older than us. All
1: right, that's not, yeah, because Trish is our age, so he would have been. Yeah, he was with he was with Dustin and Tobin, I think.
2: Okay, yeah, so that was he, that's a '96 grad, so, but yeah, I'm I'm sure I could if Travis wants to, I could probably put it down on him now. <laughs> I we could, we could hoop Let's, it up let's
1: make that happen.
2: That'd be fun. If I remember right, he's he looks like a little bit bearded. He's a little bit of uh, Duck Dynasty beard style now. So, or he, he had for a while. Maybe I'm not sure. So we'll see. But hey, Chris, no, it Chris, was a...
1: Chris Thorson would like us to know. Speaking of speaking of people that put in tons of activator, Chris Thorson uh, has <laughs> would like to us to note that he has some spotted owl meat in a
2: can. <laughs> so
1: I didn't. Is that a del- delicacy up in Alaska?
2: It might be. Yeah, I believe he's in Anchorage now, right? So yeah, yeah he's, that's, up, uh... he's
1: up there. So he's always got some sort of deadliest catch vibe going on on his Facebook page. He's right. pulled something out of the ocean or.
2: You know what, though? It's super fun to be able to, you know, the, the wonders of Facebook, right, and be able to see how far our Mill City community kids have spread out around the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, who yeah. would have, I never would have imagined living in Houston, Texas. No, I'm, kidding. And <laughs> I'm And I'm the second, at least the second person from our graduating class that's lived here, because Lucinda lived here oh, that's right. for a while.
2: That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You
1: knew you knew Reuben was gonna check in at some point. Yeah,
2: that's one of those stories right there. Oh wait, no, that one.
1: Ask him about when <laughs> he'll remember who made the six two six doors open one hundred and eighty degrees, not once but twice.
2: Yeah. So, so the six two six was my first car. Yeah. Uh, so that was a. So this would have been. I bought that, and it had to be ninety six, and it was a nineteen eighty three. Mazda 626. All right. So, um and which I bought from another kid who was I who about Ryan Cyverson, you remember him? I do. Ryan Syverson I he sold me that car. Uh so my first car and uh so uh Adam and Nadort and I took that up to a very middle-city thing to do. You take a small uh two-door sedan up into the mountains with a bunch of guns. <laughs> that right? it doesn't
1: get much more middle-city than that. <laughs>
2: So take it up there, uh we went up Shepherd Lane and uh, we were gonna go shooting. Um and uh we got up there and at one point we got high centered and I was driving and I think Nate or tried to open the door to look out and see what we were stuck on, and I got it, I was I was going backwards, caught on a tree, the door flipped open, uh, you know, and got bent back the wrong way. Uh and so we, we kinda got it we got it pieced back together, let's put it that way. Um, made it back down the hill. And then probably a year later, uh, I was uh, trying to help, you know, being a nice big brother. I have my little brother who was three years younger than me. I was trying to help him learn how to drive. He was probably 13, maybe, Um, maybe 14. Uh, But that Mazda 626 was a stick. Uh, And so trying to teach him how to do that. And uh, he, uh, I was standing like in the open door and I was trying to help him learn how to, to reverse the car. And, uh, he, uh, mistook the accelerator for the brake. Let's put it that way. Um, and I was standing in the, in the open door right there and he just kept backing up and he just whacked that door against the tree. That was a driver's side though. So, uh, both doors had been folded over, um, within two years of each other, I think. Yeah. So, um, that, that car got beat up. Let's put it that way.
1: All right. Well, Angie H- saying on the six two six here, Angie Hussey, uh asks if yeah. you remember a river runs through the six two six.
2: That would be one of those stories that does not get told as we <laughs> talked about. <laughs>
1: that's that's one that yeah. that's for a uh, yeah. That, that, that was that's a, that's, that's a, story. Be a college story. Though. That's a story that we can. Oh, is that a college story?
2: It was. I think that was our freshman year of college, and we were all back um, for winter break and. Um, I was, you long, know. I was long I was
1: long gone at that point.
2: That's true, yes. Uh, so uh, we were back for winter break. Um and you know how fun things happen, right? Um and I'm I'm gonna go
1: out on a limb and guess a few of the uh parties involved might have been uh Eric Seidenstricker, Chris Walker, Nate Ort.
2: They um, weren't uh not Nate Ort. Uh he I don't think he was at that particular function. Um but uh and actually uh the other names you mentioned all those guys had already left. Oh, okay. Um, when, but they when, were and,
1: they were involved at some point during the evening. It's,
2: of course they were. It's Mill City. Oh uh, yeah, you know. And it's not, uh,
1: it's not like there's a whole cast of characters to choose from anyway. There's only about like thirty people. So ch- the chances, cast never chan- changed. Chances are <laughs> at least two of them are going to be there at some point.
2: Right. The cast never changed. It was just the scenery.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, best, that's one of the questions. To, best to happen. leave best to leave that story for a. Uh, an unrecorded session
2: to protect my future employment exactly. status. I think that was we'll, probably good. We'll,
1: we'll, do, we'll move on to other things. So Josh <laughs> Mink, Josh Mink, um, who is also a teacher, he's doing his thing out in Wyoming. Um, Correct. he, he put a couple things on here and one that he talked about, which is something that could, could be a situation that comes around uh, again, pretty soon up that way is, is the flood in 1996. We had, mm. All that rain that spring. Yeah, and, and the snow. And the uh, – do you remember when Highway 22 just kind of slid into the river?
2: Totally, yeah. Um, and it wasn't just that one, you know. So we had – so we, we, it was a very similar situation to what is going on right now. Um, so we've got – I'm looking outside my classroom window at probably 18 inches of snow that uh, has been built up on some picnic benches. And with the rain that we're supposed to get and the warming – Um, it's, they're, they're talking a lot about flooding right now. Um, luckily for Hood River, um, it's not supposed to get as warm. Um, so we, it's supposed to be a much slower melt, but we're, they're talking ice for us. Um, but that 96 flood, yeah, I definitely remember, um, my dad and I jumping in the truck, uh, with shovels and whatnot and just driving around and looking for people that, that needed help because our house was fine. Um, and so we were able to get out and just going around and helping people fill sandbags and place sandbags and, um it was actually really cool as bad as the flooding was it was cool to see the community come together uh and help each other out.
1: Yeah that's that's one of those things that that you definitely got in a small town was something happens everyone's going to jump together and and figure it out and help and and do everything and that's that's one of the things that I definitely miss about living in that small of a tight-knit community is mm-hmm. Everybody just—it's not. Hey, let's figure out. Uh, oh no, you're gonna owe me that money or whatever. <laughs> it's. It you just do the thing and we'll figure it out.
2: Right. There was. Uh, what's nice is that uh, you know in that uh, documentary we were just talking about, um, there was something that uh, Charlie Stewart said. Um, basically, like you know the you know everybody knows who the dirtbags are, you know, if you're a nice guy, yeah. everybody knows it. And if you're a bum, everybody knows it. And exactly. So yeah, yeah, that line right there, you know, I mean, it's, it, that's small town. That's Mill City. I don't know if it's every small town, but it was sure Mill City. That
1: that was definitely, yeah. And see, <laughs> and and here's the one thing that's, that's a little bit different is you're a Mill City guy, but I'm a Gates kid. And right. there's, there's a little bit of it, you know, there's a little, I mean, we're, we're, I even, we're even smaller.
2: Yeah. Well, then throw in Detroit too.
1: Well, Detroit doesn't count. <laughs> no one counts you, Detroit. Yeah.
2: You were there when they closed down Detroit, though. Uh.
1: I lived in Nidana for a while.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I got to
1: do those bus trips, all those. Oh, there were many nights where I would be at boys' basketball practice as the manager. Then yeah. I would get to sit through girls' practice and then get to sit through right. Wolverettes oh, God. <laughs> until the activity bus came to take me all the way. There were There were nights where I didn't get back up to home, to, didn't get home until like nine o'clock at night.
2: That's rough, yeah. So we're honestly though, the truth is, uh, Hood River is not a dissimilar community um, in that we have it, we have one high school in the whole entire county. So it's and, and we have people from Cascade Locks, which is about twenty miles away, right, uh, coming to Hood River. That's right along the freeway, but we also have people from all the way up um, Parkdale um and uh it's called mount hood village uh closer to the mountain to mount hood which is about 20 miles away all coming to this high school uh and so it's very similar and and just a couple years ago um they closed down the high school in cascade locks and there was a huge outroar or uh 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 outcry thank you you, yeah you smashed
1: two words together there sir Uh, yeah
2: but it worked you got
1: it that's why you're that's why you're not an english
2: teacher that's true yeah um And so, you know, there was this huge outcry about, oh, woe is me. They're closing down our community school. It's going to be horrible. The kids are going to hate it. And, you know, I was like, I've been through this. This is not going to be a thing. You know, after a year, nobody's going to be talking about it even. And that's exactly what happened. That was all because of my experience with when they closed down Detroit High School and brought all those people down. Yeah, it was the same thing. And by
1: all those people, it was like 15
2: people. No, it had to be more than that. It wasn't
1: that much. It wasn't that much more.
2: I had to say. I'm telling it, it you. I'm telling
1: like, you. I rode that bus number of times. I want to say, legitimately, I think it was like 23 people.
2: Okay, so we, you would almost halfway fill a bus. Yes. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. There was there but, was about
1: uh, enough room for all of us to have one seat. Right. So that we could be com- so that we could comfortably sleep all the way down Especially because out. we had to get on the bus at 6:30 yeah. in the morning.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Gosh, that's rough. So yeah, no, but that's it. So it was the same situation here. And I was like, I've seen this, I've done, I've been through this. It's not going to be a big deal. And literally a, a year later, it it hasn't come up again. You know what I mean? Like that the, the situation smoothed over real fast. Everybody kind of meshed in. It was great. So Although but,
1: you talk I, about those, you talk about those long bus trips. I mean, how, how long do you figure Justin Wynn spent on a bus every day?
2: From Gates Bridge East? Gosh, uh, you know, um, I'm not sure what the route was they actually took. You know, I doubt it was very linear. No, okay,
1: so I can tell you because I rode that. I was on that a number of times. So it would go from the high school up the hill, past uh Gerard's down um, the back road, right? all the way. Then it would go – we would do a drop-off on Dogwood, (laughs) and then we would go – across the bridge up the hill and what's the one right before the long stretch to the cemetery right there's that one so up by up to mrs crees house
2: you went all the way up rock creek not all the way up but just Uh, like
1: up just a little just a little ways and then down to the airport uh
0: uh-huh
1: down past the church and around the elementary school hansons and then i would get dropped off when i lived over there because there was a point where i lived right next to the gates bridge okay and then after they dropped us off then it went clear out to justin's house
2: yeah that's (laughs) and so So, he was
1: he would be the first person picked up and the last last person dropped off
2: yeah and all those stops in between yeah so yeah that makes it tough well, that's why you try and get you start driving as soon as you possibly can. Yeah, right?
1: absolutely. Or can <laughs> someone please give me a ride? Anybody?
2: Yeah. And Mill City, I think that probably happened a lot.
1: Oh, you know? for sure.
2: So, yeah. I mean, I know I didn't live nearly as far away. I was still in town, and all the time uh, I had friends and older older friends uh, when we were freshmen, and sophomores who would give me a ride. Uh, just cause I, I was lived close enough at that point. I didn't. Uh, I was too close for the bus to pick up. You know. Um, but that was still. I was probably still. A mile and a half from the high school, I don't know may it might have been a little bit less than that. I don't remember uh, I'm not sure how far it is you know nothing so they nothing just in the expect, they future
1: just future. expected you to get there,
2: I think so um you know and i I remember riding my bike to middle school um not in high school, that wasn't the cool thing to do, obviously no. um yeah, but in middle school, definitely riding my bike all the time
1: mark Hanson you know. Mark Hansen and I did the ride from gates to mill City a few different times.
2: that's you know we were just talking about that not too long ago, um days where you know, at, at seven, eight years old, like Ben Foster and Nate Ort and I would just hop on our bikes and ride all the way up to um, Gates Church um, and go to the, the rock pits up there to go swimming. You know, and we're like at seven or eight years old. You know, and I look, you know, my daughter's now, my daughter will be seven in the spring and I barely let her out of my sight. You know, it's a totally different ballgame now where it, that I can't afford, uh, there's no way I would give her the freedom that I would ha- that I had growing up in Mill City
1: yeah it's in some ways i'm conflicted about that because in some ways it seems like you know we turned out pretty okay, but at the uh, same time there's way more creepy people out there. it seems
2: like that's true well, I even mean, especially in mill city uh, <laughs> so i think it's um I think it's different in the way that we grew up and the way that we were expected you know the uh i don't know that they really have the old uh Latchkey kids, kind of thing anymore. I have no idea. Even though I work in a school, I really don't know um, whether that happens or not. But, you know, that was me. You know, you were expected to go home and be on your own for about two hours until mom and dad got home. Uh, and so, you know, that kind of freedom, that kind of responsibility, you know, like I said, there, there's no way I would let my daughters do that now. Um, and I, I don't know if it's because of the way I grew up or as, you know, as something else, but that's just not. It wouldn't. I don't think that would happen, though.
1: No, <laughs> tough. It, it's it is a vibe, and maybe and maybe that's what Trump is going to bring back. That's the that's the <laughs> great America that that he's going to return us to is where you can comfortably leave your children alone for several hours per night. That's,
2: politics is fun, right? Uh, yeah,
1: it's so much fun. It really I, uh, it really is a no lose situation when you talk politics with people,
2: r- right? You know, as a as a political science grad, you know that it's always been a, a huge interest of mine. But even I, um, this year, have finally started to pull back and be like, you know, I'm. You're just not going to change anything, and everything is so different now with uh, with social media. Um, it's just, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, we all we
1: all know way too much about each other to begin with.
2: Sadly, uh, you know, like I said as much as you can stay connected you know, it's, it's, it's not always a good thing.
1: If if you would have, if we would have said to each other in 1996 and 1997, in a couple of years, we're going to have a device where we can all stay friends forever. We would have <laughs> all said it was the greatest invention of all time. That's and now sure. we're like, okay, I'm obligated to keep this person as a friend,
0: but I'm going <laughs> to
1: mute everything that they say.
2: Right. That unfollow button has gotten used a lot this last year. Hmm okay
1: um <laughs> hopefully i can tell by the fact that you still comment on my thing, on my stuff that i'm you're one of the few people that hasn't used that on me
2: no definitely not you know, but that's another problem too though actually um you know the uh the ability to surround yourself with uh the people who think like you you know it's not always a good thing either you know that you get end up with that group think and everybody um living in an echo chamber. Where all you hear is the, the opinions that you have spouted back at you. I, I think it's a it's a horrible thing. You know, we have to put ourselves in those situations where you are uncomfortable um, and be able to have a dialogue. But on the other hand, being behind a computer screen is not the same thing because you're at such a liberty to say whatever the hell you want to say, and there's not really repercussions.
1: Yeah, and it's it's something that I've tried to. To not use as much in terms of cutting out people that disagree with or not disagree with my viewpoint, but have a viewpoint that 's so vastly different from mine that I just kind of shake my head <laughs> and it's
2: I think when you' no, when you're talking to someone when you 're talking to someone face to face and you can sit there and and honestly disagree with somebody it 's much. Uh, I think you're much more likely face-to-face to to try because you can't just turn around. You're not just going to turn around and walk away. When I'm talking to somebody like an old friend, you know, I'm not going to just turn them off. Whereas uh, on Facebook or social media, whatever, you can easily do that and you can just walk away. If you're sitting there face-to-face with somebody, you're going to try and at the minimum, you're going to say, hey, let's agree to disagree, have a beer, let's go (laughs) and move on. You know, and so you still remain friends, at least.
1: Yeah, and it's it's staying staying connected is great, um, but at the same time, when we were kids, we didn't know everything about each other. So as adults, do we really want to know everything about each other now? Probably not. There's but that I point, like. like, like but yeah, I like I like to see I like to see what people's kids are doing, or like you know what mm-hmm. they have going on. I'm I'm always jealous when you post pictures from Hawaii. <laughs> the, the picture of your daughter crying because uh she had too much sand, sand in, in her, her shoes uh yeah. at sunset in hawaii it's like <laughs> this is this is the best picture ever and also uh, at the same time it's like first world problems for that kid right you know totally in, and she has no idea <laughs> how, how how long was she in hawaii
2: uh two weeks at that point yeah so yeah. i mean that's the thing so i never even flew i had never been in an airplane until i was uh I had just turned, I was a little over 19, uh, and, uh, flying back to Nebraska, uh, as part of, a, uh, for the track and field national championships, um, that I was, uh, getting to run at um, the indoor national championships. And so I'd never been on a plane before that. And so that was, I was like I said, I was a little, little over 19. And then my daughters, um, uh, my oldest daughter, who like I said will be seven in the spring, she has been to Hawaii five of the seven years she's been born you know and so like it's it's a different world for for my kids uh and, and they've been very fortunate we've I've, I've gotten very lucky um to uh have those experiences with them that, and that, that i've that's, never and had that's
1: so great and it's you know it's it's one of those things where you look at and you go man i didn't get to do this out as a kid but i'm so thankful and so lucky that my kids will be, be able to experience that and get a whole different perspective because we talk about how Great Mill City was, and all that was really great. But at the same time, it probably would have been good for us to have experienced some things outside of what was happening past Salem. You know,
2: totally. Yeah, my, you know, and I, I, even the way I grew up, actually, I, I consider myself pretty fortunate. Uh, my parents almost every weekend drugged me and my little brother to some different part of the state, or you know, some campground. We were gone all the time. My parents loved to camp. Um, and so it was it was a rare weekend when we stayed home. Um, and so it was fun to when, looking back on it now. I can say, wow, I got a lot of really good experiences. Like I said, every corner of the state of Oregon, going down to California, going up to Washington. My parents drug us up to British Columbia and Alberta and out to Wyoming uh, and, to go watch a rodeo. <laughs> and it was like, you know, those kind of things where I was like, hey, looking guys, back on that. Like, you guys That's went awesome.
1: to Canada for a
2: rodeo? Yeah, we went to the Calgary Stampede. That's rad. We I, I saw George I Strait live. I
1: probably would have hated it when I was a kid, but now I'm like, dude, I want to do that.
2: That was it was well, yeah. I mean, see, the, the cool thing was too. Uh, we you know we we had a like a motorhome, and so this is back in the day when they weren't so freaked out about seat, seat belts. So I would literally go back on the back bed and just crash out with a book while my dad was driving. So. You know that was you know it was a good way to pass a time, but you know now you'd never get away with that probably
1: no were your were your parents um like go 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 like we don't we're not stopping until we get there kind of people
2: oh no we we did a lot of different things uh you know they were you know on a daily basis when we were trying to go somewhere it was like, hey, we're trying to get to this point, we're trying to get to that point, but uh you know we had lots of stops in between, so we got to experience quite a bit of the west, I would say that way. Um, a lot of the experience, a lot of the West through the road trips. And like I said, it was just, it was all the time, you
1: know? See, so, so really it's, it's just on a different scale, but you're, you get to do that with your kids. They just, yeah, definitely. they just get to go to one of the most beautiful places on earth and you got to go to Eastern <laughs> Oregon, That's right. <laughs> which is not one of the most beautiful. Pl- Actually, that's not fair. There's some it's really nice, there's some really nice places, but I mean, it's still yeah. Eastern. It's still Eastern Oregon. I mean, once you get past Redmond, I
2: mean, totally. Yeah. You so get out much. there in the sticks. Yeah. Well, there's not really sticks. It's all just rolling hills, but there's a, there's a certain kind of beauty in that, of course. Uh, but so no, we, uh, we were able to travel a lot. and and we've tried to do that with my daughters too. That's the nice thing about both my wife and I teaching, uh, is that we have pretty much the same work schedule, um, and having summer break where we can take them and, and go wherever we want on the flip side. We live in the hood river and hood river is a tourist destination. You got people from all over the world coming here so a lot of times during the summer, it's a hard place to leave because there's just so much cool stuff going on. Um, that, And there's a lot of cool stuff to do here. You know, Like I said, when everybody's coming around from all over the world, it's like, why would you leave?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Josh Mink also added another post on here. He wants to know what everyone else from, say, 1990 to 2000 is doing. Uh, just out of curiosity, Josh, how the hell do you expect me to know that?
2: <laughs> or answer it even, if, like, if you could. How am I supposed
1: to like are all those people going to check in with us or like it's not a call-in show?
2: Well, I'm looking at it. You have got a, a fair amount here. You got what five or six people that have uh had a have touched base, you know, at least and said, "Hey, a little quick shout out."
1: Well, I mean, all yeah. of the people that I know on Facebook are probably people he knows, so he's I mean,
2: probably true. Yeah. So, so, okay,
1: so here's an interesting question. A lot of a lot of people that we've gone to high school with have been have been or are on Facebook now, and so you kind of are able to catch up with them or see what's going on. Who's a person that you remember from school that's not on social media that you wish you
2: could catch up with, that you have Holy cow. With? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, the one who, uh, I will tell you, actually, um, so a person that, well, you know what? Justin Wynn is actually a really good one um, who he's not on social media roughly at all. I ran, into, ran across a blog probably a year or two ago, um, where he and his, I believe it's his new wife, but it might be just a girlfriend. I'm not sure. Um, but they were doing a kind of like a paleo diet blog kind of thing. Um, but that's like the most contact I've had with Justin for a couple of years. Um, since he, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. So he would, be another, he would be one I would like to be able to follow and touch base with more because um, he's just in Portland. He's only an hour from me. But honestly, the, um, I'd say there's probably two people that uh, I would love to be able to follow. Uh, one would be Spring Arnie uh, and see what she's doing because every time I go back to Mill City, I've heard about cool things that she's doing. The other one who is on social media but I would say doesn't have a huge presence there is Hannah Baker. Uh, And so she is there, but you know, being able to keep in better contact with Hannah because Hannah is one of those people that I, you know, ultimate respect for for everything she's been able to do in her life already, um, and her travels and everything she's done. You know, one of the coolest people ever that I thought, you know, growing up, uh, and somebody I I would much rather have more contact with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for Hannah, for Hannah to have been to all the places that she's been. And then go back to Mill City and try to run for city council. Yeah. That's exactly what we all should want people to do. The best and the brightest getting involved in local government or, you know, using that as a stepping stone to other things to help out their communities. And... She ended up not winning, though, right? There was some roll of the dice to that was it. Vote. She, was a tie or something. A tie,
2: an exact tie, yeah. And they had to roll the dice, and and she lost.
1: <laughs> God, that's uh,
2: it's but such an gracious, am- super gracious in losing. Oh, you know, as in, in a in a year where politics has been nothing but nasty, that was a good story. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: it's in, I would I would definitely assume that she'll try again, and and then probably make it and and be able to make a difference. And that's in a community that certainly is in need of it. And I don't spend as much time back there as you do, but,
2: um, well, you know, for, even for me, it's been less and less, uh, you know, the alumni tournament's one thing I can point to that I've tried to get back for every year. And I pretty much have, I think I've only missed one or two years, um, for injury more than anything else. Um, and every year I say, it's my last one. I'm not coming back next year. But then I always end up doing it. Um, so, but the thing about Mill City, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation, both with friends of ours and with um, you know their parents when I go back for the, to Mill City, and um, the the desire that everybody has. I mean, I I almost guarantee you that at least you know I would say probably eighty percent. That might be a high number, but eighty percent of the people that we grew up with would love to go back to Mill City. You raise kids, have a good life, you know, have a, a community like we did before, but the opportunity, the economic opportunity, is not there. It's just not, and there's just no way we could all do it um, without you know living in Mill City and working somewhere else. Even a lot of those people that have moved back and and tried to make it work for a number of years, they've left again. They've gone to state and they've gone to Salem um, because there's just the opportunity is not in Mill City. It's not there,
1: and it's. It would just probably be too tough to to do for them. And that's that's disappointing. And and what a lot of people, especially if you weren't from there, don't understand, and going back to that video that that we talked about with the timber Mm -hmm. industry is that so much of everything that was part of the high school derived from that money and those timber sales and, and all that sort of stuff. My dad talked about how you know, Mill City was one of the first small districts to have computers, and always having new football uniforms and the football upgrades and all that stuff. That all came out of the fact that there was all that revenue and all that tax base in in our area that allowed us to have all of that great thing, all of those great things. Even though we were a super small community, and you take that out of there, and then the people leave, and then it's just. You know, it's another virtually—I don't want to say dead, but a, a ver- on a basically on life support small town yeah. like so many others are.
2: Well, when you take Mill City, you know, and you, you take a, a a community that is entirely uh, dependent upon really one industry, yeah, and then you take that industry away, or at least cut it in half or, or quarter it, you know, that's the the. the it, was, it wasn't going to be too long before the took the ball to drop. You know, when we were in Mill City, the high school population was just under 300. Um, and now, I believe it's about 150, but they've closed down the elementary school, um, and, or closed down the middle school, I guess, made it into an elementary school, and moved the junior high over into the high schools. So the high school is now 7 through 12, uh, and it's about 150. So it's half of what it was before, and still... Uh, and, and they've opened up more grades. Yeah, so Can you not, imagine
1: the disaster it would have been if the 7th through 12th grade would have all been together when we were there?
2: I don't even want to imagine Oh, it. my God.
1: <laughs> there would have been there. someone, uh, at least a couple of people, would have been arrested. <laughs> I, there's, right, a, yeah. there's a couple of people, and I'm not going to name names on stories, but <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't there's, do a, that, there's no. a couple of people that I'm shocked didn't get arrested for <laughs> some of the things that have happened there.
2: Well, that's another point too. Actually, um, with uh, we're talking about arrests and criminal activity, um, when you took that timber industry out, you know the mill city kind of came, you know, a bit of a meth capital for a while. Uh, and so that's that was a, another huge change in the community that they've had to deal with. I think they've actually done a pretty good job, and it's it's I believe it's kind of going the other way now. But there still hasn't been. Another industry to come in and replace what was lost from timber. Yeah,
1: and I mean, honestly, what would it be?
2: You know, it would it would have to be something special. Uh, you know, basically somebody just saying, you know what, we're gonna commit to Mill City uh, and bring in like I don't know, like an Amazon warehouse or something like that. I right. don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well,
2: yeah, it would have to be really specific.
1: I've I've kept you here for an hour already. Just recording. No, not, not, not to mention the twenty-five minutes we talked before. Then the fifteen of which I was trying to figure out why my calls weren't recording to begin with.
2: And it really was. But wasn't
1: it? <laughs> we, yeah. Well, no, only like eight, Only like the last eight minutes. All right. <laughs> but there, there was a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to talk about, and inevitably we just talked about Mill City, which I love because those are some of my favorite times. But I definitely want to have you on, and again, and, and we'll do this some more. Hey, one of, my, one of my other favorite people checking in, Don Reikley.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah. Don
1: Don Reikley, the best, the best science teacher ever because she allowed me to raise my science grade to full grade by just letting me fill out NCAA brackets. But, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah but we, that,
1: that, that I didn't get away with the next year.
2: We could spend a whole other hour just talking about teachers. Yeah. SSS, yeah. So.
1: I, I'm pretty sure we could do an hour-long podcast on Dorsey.
2: Okay. I love Dorsey. You know, he like said. The more I look back on it, the more uh, I respect what Dorsey did for us uh, at the time. You know, it's one of those things where at the time where you you look at the guy and go, he's hard uh, and harsh. You know, but it was one of those things. Now where I look back and see, he was real. Yeah. You know, he he was a no BS here's life and I'm throwing it right at you and you can either roll with it or you're going to crumble, you know, and, and there, he made it really simple, you know, that, you know, you this is the way life is. Do it.
1: <laughs> My biggest beef with Dorsey was always how he bagged on the girls.
2: You know, and uh, not being a girl, I, I don't know that I actually uh, paid attention or focused, you know, now there would obviously be a whole lot more of a an outcry from some of the oh, stuff dorsey would get know. fired yeah. probably <laughs>
1: i i mean it, i was a little i've always been a little bit more in touch with my feminine side having i mean i you know my dad and my mom and dad got divorced when i was seven i mean right. in seventh grade and so i mostly spent the time with my mom and my sister so there's a lot of estrogen in my life right. so i was always a little bit more attuned to what was going on with the and i mean he Saying how Wolverettes weren't real sports and all that, so, like I was just like, give it a break, dude.
2: Yeah, there's a point where, well, I said in, in today today's hypersensitive society, he that obviously would have uh, not flown, you yeah. know. But uh, even today, those those battles still, those discussions still happen, you know. They all, you know, is cheerleading a sport? All those discussions, those are still those battles are still raging, you know. It's just he said it, uh, and that was right. the uh, that that the was always
1: part. the difference. Is Dorsey just kind of said. The things that probably a lot of other people thought, but he would just say them,
2: right? And so, no, I still I look back on Dorsey and uh, and I I really respect the way he taught. Now, uh, like I said, but he was never picking on me. So, or no, not that I can remember, at least. Right. Uh, you know, so it, it was. Uh, I look back and, and really respect the way the way he taught those classes um, and the way he interacted with us. Um, you know, even though like I said, a lot of us it could not be it could be viewed as less than positive. Um, but it was real, and that's the one thing I, I'll give him credit for. It was very real.
1: <laughs> so we could definitely spend an hour talking about that stuff, but we'll, we'll wrap it up right now and we'll tease it for a return in the future. Because I agree. I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. Class. I don't know what you're talking about. Worrying about not not uh, giving audio interviews because there has been an hour of ten minutes of you know gold, sir. I mean, right there was a
2: there was a when when it coming into this I was like what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> oh,
1: we don't don't ever worry about that. But I yeah. do I do definitely next time we talk I do want to talk a little bit more about the education system in America and and some some other stuff like that. But inevitably all these conversations are gonna go back to hey remember that one time at seven <laughs> That's which
2: good. Is, well, that's good. Yeah, which is
1: always fun. So yeah, we'll, we'll sure. definitely do that again. Good luck uh, coming up for. Uh, Friday, as you guys take on Pendleton, well, it'll be yeah. exciting. Get that first first league win in how many years?
2: Five years. Five, Five years. years. All right, you got to get yeah. off the
1: Schneid there. And, and uh, That's <laughs> so. So, did I read in that article correctly? The the girls' tournament would be in Corvallis now.
2: Uh yeah, no, so the yeah uh, our level it's a five A tournament uh that gets played in, in Corvallis at Go Coliseum. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah. So which would be is, a huge thing. So, yeah. so
1: so the goal right now is win one league turn one one league game and then go from there, but ultimately get to Correct. get to the state. Yeah. The state we take tournament.
2: it one game at a time, get that first league win, hopefully make the playoffs and then uh like I said, it, to be a top eight team. Uh, would be like i said that would be uh yeah it's a, that's a david versus a goliath kind of story for us this year um so that would be a huge moment
1: well we will check in with you uh as the as things progress and you can let us know how that goes we also got to talk about the fact that you led a track team to a, a state championship which was pretty awesome so we'll talk about that next time and uh, i really thank you for the time and uh, that was, it was good it talking was a blast. to you
2: sir great thanks for having me on i appreciate it uh it's always good to check in uh, like I said, and, and uh, have these discussions, reminisce a little bit. Um, and so, uh, but I, r- I really appreciate the opportunity.
1: I hope you guys had as much fun listening to that as we did recording it. Always a great time when you can catch up with an old friend, talk about old times and reminisce. We'll have Donnie back on in the podcast in the near future. So you want to stay tuned for that. Lots of great stuff coming up the rest of the month. So come back next week for the next installment of the jog pod. Thank you so much for being with us. Please uh, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. You can send email questions to jogpod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. That's it for this week I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five-hole. It's just me
0: against the world.